Welcome to the Perspectives on Healthcare podcast, where members of the medical community from different roles, venues, and locations share their unique perspectives on quality healthcare, its future, and how to improve it. Now, from the Your Keynote Speaker Studio in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, here is your host, Rob Oliver. Welcome, welcome to Perspectives on Healthcare. Thank you for being with me today. My guest is Dr. Nell Smircina. She is an integrative acupuncturist. She is a Generation Y member, and she joins me. Dr. Nell, thanks for being with me. No, thank you so much for having me. I think that's the first time anyone's referenced me being in Gen Y, but I will will take it. (laughs) Yeah, well, so... One of the things that I am looking at here on the the podcast is to see as people provide different perspectives, we're looking, of course, at different roles. We're looking at different areas of experience, but I'm wondering, okay, do the different generations look at healthcare and look at things differently? And I, I can't help but think, yes, however, it's all going to be in how we look at things and how you share what your perspective is. So let's just jump right into it. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself and about your role in healthcare? Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I think you're on the right track about things being different generationally. We're seeing a lot of exciting changes in healthcare. So I'm I'm excited to be on this podcast contributing to the conversation with you. Um, Just, yeah, a little bit about me. I actually started out um, in undergrad thinking I was going to go down the route of Western medicine. I was very interested in becoming a surgeon. I did pre-med and started looking into physical therapy. And as I started working, I was seeing some gaps uh, in care when it came to physical therapy. And there was more I wanted to do for patients and started learning a little bit more about integrative medicine, which at the time was, you know, a term most people didn't know. Um, there was an acupuncturist in my office, uh, and I tried acupuncture for the first time, which contributed to the healing of my own chronic debilitating pain, um, from gymnastics injuries. And uh, I was looking to expand my scope of practice and be able to talk to patients about things um, beyond exercises they needed to be doing. I wanted to be able to talk about stress and sleep and diet and how all of those factors contribute to your overall health. Um, so acupuncture and traditional medicine was a great fit. Came out to California, which happens to have the best education in this country uh, for that medicine and have been loving it ever since. Uh, did my master's and, and doctorate there, ran a teaching clinic uh, for the master's program, started a private practice, and now I do a lot of work in advocacy. Um, I think it's so important that people are well-informed about their care and the options that they have, and I would love nothing more than to see acupuncture as part of the standard of care. I work with a lot of post-surgical patients who need acupuncture right after a surgery. So there's definitely a need. Um, It's just about getting the word out there and helping to educate. Yeah, I love it. So what does quality healthcare mean to you? Quality healthcare to me is about 
patients having the ability to make informed decisions. And those informed decisions come from education on behalf of healthcare providers. And so that looks like healthcare providers being on the same page and being very aware of the different options that are available. I don't believe that you as a healthcare provider is, I I can't be everything to everyone. And it's important to be aware of what other specialties are doing, what other practitioners are doing and how they can benefit patients. Yeah. It's the importance of a team concept. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Yeah. The team is everything. Like, uh, you know, being in the LA area in California, it's a very familiar concept, this idea of a care team. And that could include a lot of different practitioners in many different disciplines. Okay. Just being as you're based in Beverly Hills, I'm assuming the first person on the list in every team has to be a plastic surgeon, but that's, that's (laughs) just stereotypical. Can you give me an example of quality healthcare? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I do work with surgeons a lot and yes, plastic surgery is, is one of the things out there. Um, but you know, a lot of my patients will see an orthopedic surgeon, um, because they have something that actually needs to be taken care of with surgery. They'll be seeing me for acupuncture also for, um, more of a holistic supplementation approach with their recovery. They might be seeing a chiropractor, a physical therapist, um, and And then a lot of times a neurologist will get involved um, either before the fact, after the fact, and actually having all of these providers communicating with each other, not having the patient in a position where they go to each one and have to, you know, reinvent the wheel and figure out the care for themselves. But there's actually a structured guidance um, around that whole process. So they do feel like all their bases are covered and this team of people is there all with the common goal of getting them better. How do you foster that that team communication so that the patient isn't kind of the hub in the wheel, that there's got to be some other communication for them? Yeah, you know, it takes a lot of work. And I think this is part of the issue we have with why this isn't more common and why everyone isn't doing this. Um, I've had to, on my own as a provider, seek out other providers who have a similar patient demographic who are interested in an elevated level of patient care um, and try to put that care team together. So then the patient is the one, isn't the one who's going out trying to figure out, oh, well, now let me look out of for a physical therapist, you know, they are well aware of what the process is because I can tell them, don't worry, whatever your needs are, I have those trusted referrals for you. And I talk to these people on a regular basis. They're colleagues of mine. I trust them. We've worked together with patients in the past, but it absolutely does take a little bit of extra effort, a little more communication and and extra bandwidth to foster those relationships. Such a, such an interesting concept and one that's not Um, widely practiced, I don't believe. What do you wish people understood about your role in healthcare? So I'll talk from an acupuncture specific area. You know, I, I do a lot of different things within the integrative medicine space and I like fostering those relationships, but I think there's a lot of 
uh, misconception, uh, particularly around acupuncture specifically. And, you know, this idea that, you know, somehow there's not enough research or it's not evidence-based, like all of that is false. Um, I wish that, you know, we were a little more ahead, uh, like some other countries are, you know, we like to feel like we're the leaders in the U.S. And unfortunately, there are other countries that are really passing us by uh, when it comes to healthcare. So from my perspective as a licensed acupuncturist, I would love to see others understanding the role that that can play in a patient's recovery and overall health. Uh, in California, acupuncture is actually primary care. So you don't need a referral to go to an acupuncturist. You're able to seek out an acupuncturist on your own. And, you know, we're trained on how to properly refer when that's necessary and which specialists to do that with. So it's more than just pain relief. That's usually how people get introduced to acupuncture. Uh, but I describe it as an adaptogenic modality. It basically supports the body stress system. And that's why you get a list of a hundred conditions from the WHO that acupuncture can address. Because if you're helping support the body's natural response to stress, that means anything that's introduced as a stressor. Okay. Um, was it, I think the phrase you said was an adaptive modality. Is that Okay. Adaptogenic. Adaptogenic yeah. modality. All right. You've given me something to look up once we are done with the interview. <laughs> uh, what excites you about the future of healthcare? Well, being blessed to be in California for the last nine years, um, I hear from all of my colleagues all over the U.S. that we're like eight to 10 years ahead of the rest of the country when it comes to setting trends in healthcare. So I am seeing it become more interdisciplinary, more collaborative. Um, I actually think something really wonderful that came out of the last year and a half with the pandemic is it exposed um our, our weaknesses and our uh, inability to see our blind spots when it came to patient care. And things got very clear and very simple really quickly. And everyone had to kind of reinvent the wheel and say, what does my patient experience look like? And how can I better bring value during this time? And I see a lot of that continuing. I think you're going to see a lot of practices who are going to maintain at least a hybrid model of, you know, having virtual options, um, having the better built out patient portals. So there is a better streamline of communication with patients. And you are seeing a lot of research come up. Um, again, I wish it was more in the U.S., but there was a, a great, you know, CNN article out of China that they're training up 100,000 traditional medicine practitioners with acupuncture and herbs to address, you know, long haulers and issues with COVID. So I think people are just looking for more creative solutions. And that's what excites me because it will get more practitioners involved in the patient experience. Yeah, makes so much sense. What is one thing medical professionals can start doing today to improve the quality of healthcare? I would say get feedback from your patients about their experience. Uh, you know, sometimes we shy away from feedback. Um, we, you know, might know something's off or something's wrong and we don't really want to get into it or feel like we don't have time addressing it. But if we're making these decisions, we're making them in a vacuum. And it's really important to have that outreach with your patient, whether it's one-on-one -on -one, um, or whether you do an in-office survey, something of that sort, to ask your patients about their experience, what would they like to see, 
you know, what would they want to improve upon? What did they really like about their experience? And you'll find out (laughs) a surprising amount of information, the feedback that you will get beyond just what goes on when you're in a treatment room with them. You might find out information about your staff or your portal or just how the patient feels when they walk in the door. And then you can use that data to make informed decisions about improving your practice and the patient experience. It's, it's a great suggestion. Okay. I, I try and usually stick to my six questions, but I'm, I'm wondering because um, acupuncture is typically associated with coming from China. And right now there is some angst about everything Chinese. uh, Is that, are you finding that that impacts people's understanding and people's willingness to, to do acupuncture or is it, uh, are people discovering it and being like, I don't really care where it comes from. It helps me. Um, you know, actually we get more pushback, uh, when it comes to herbal medicine and that relationship, um, which is a very integral part of the entire system that acupuncture is part of. Um, but when it comes to acupuncture specifically, you know, professional athletes are getting acupuncture. Um, it's becoming more mainstream. It's going to be the first, the first modality that gets introduced out of the entire system of traditional medicine. Right now, the WHO is working on double coding. So it'll be codes specific to traditional medicine. So acupuncture with that relationship has not been as much of a concern. Um, Sourcing of herbs and things like that have certainly uh, been more of a concern, particularly in the last year and a half. Uh, But, you know, in in Europe, for example, acupuncturists are going to school to become medical doctors for five years, and then they do acupuncture training on top of that. And it's like widely respected, heavily researched. Um, So the acupuncture specifically, I haven't seen that that's as much of an issue. Um, I just wish more people knew about it. (laughs) Fantastic. Well, today is the first step in, in this particular audience learning more about acupuncture. Nels Mercina, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate you sharing your perspective on healthcare. Thanks for listening to Perspectives on Healthcare. Visit PerspectivesOnHealthcare.com to learn more about Rob Oliver or to subscribe so you never miss an episode. If this podcast was valuable, we'd appreciate a review on iTunes. Or if you tell a friend or coworker about the show, that would be helpful too. Join us again next time for more Perspectives on Healthcare.